you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 699. I would love to say that uh, we have announced our... Sec, our, our first guest for our second show mm. at the Nerdist Podcast Live at San Diego Comic Con. The first show being uh, Peter Capaldi and uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. At, that's at the seven thirty or eight o'clock show, seven thirty show at uh, at the Balboa Theater Saturday of Comic Con. The Late Show. Our first guest that we're announcing is Maisie Williams. What uh, from the Game of Thrones? What if she pulls her face off and it's not her all along? Don't <laughs> stop it. I'm just saying. No, but that. We can't talk about the show without. I didn't. I didn't say any spoiler stuff. I just said a thing that's happened. That the characters. Uh, it's a magical class. You can talk about magical classes. All right. All right. <laughs> the many-faced god uh, does lots of stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's rad, and she's 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 someone that uh, is really funny on social media. Oh yeah, and I think it's, I was so excited when when she agreed to do the show. She's hilarious. So, um, so she, that's our first guest, and hopefully we'll be able to announce a second guest soon. That first podcast, there's going to be two men with the jaunty laughs. At some point, they're going to laugh in unison, and the charm meter is just going to explode. Yeah, we're that'll that's sort of a a British sploosh factor. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, and you just, you sort of melt. I've been looking for that word. Charm. Sploosh was it. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I've been welcome. looking for the right yeah, word you know. for that. Hey, I'm, I'm here to help you. You're my sploosh the thesaurus. I'm that was it, hard I'm, to I'm say. I'm making it Kyle. Back to back. I'm making it Kyle. Making it Kyle. Yeah. Do you have a, something you want to promote? I do. This is a fun one. It's uh, for the people of New York City. Uh, the Planned Parenthood of New York City is doing a uh, safe sex and, and informational thing called Summer Sex and Spirits. And it's all about sexual health, and it's also got a lot of fun, like like stuff, you know, raffles, and and it just looks like a really fun and cool event that that uh, I wanted to support there because I like the work that they do. Fantastic! All that events on July fourteenth. I should say the date. Yes, <laughs> it's very helpful. Otherwise, you're not doing anyone any good, That's Kyle. Super true. All right. Uh, I want to remind people to listen to some of our other podcasts, like the Todd Glass Show, which yeah. uh, he's had some really fun guests lately. And producer Aristotle said that the Andy Kindler episode, which was a two-parter, he laughed so hard that he was sore the next day. That's fine, but I want you to tell Todd to start playing more music. <laughs> Todd has started calling Aristotle Jet Ski, too, which was pretty satisfying as a nickname. Oh, I want to promote a movie that I saw that I really loved called Creep. Ooh, I've heard that's good. It's really good. It's a Patrick Bright directed, and he's in it with Mark Duplass. And uh, it's fantastic. Did you uh, see that VOD or through your fancy Hardwick ways to see it? I saw it through VOD. I, I, I got it I'm, on iTunes. I'm, I've been dying to see it. It's only like an hour and 17 minutes long. It it's so great. Good. And and they're gonna actually going to come on the podcast soon yeah. to talk about it. But really great movie people should see. If just, just I don't have any stake in it. Just saw it, liked it, thought it was fun. And uh, 
So, you know, because Lydia and I watch every horror, everything that comes I out. I like this, this Lydia bringing this side of you out. I feel like her and I need to throw down on horror movies sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's, she, it's a pretty active lifestyle. When you then it said spring, I was like, oh, Lydia knows her shit. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And it's just, it's one that, it's a it's a machine that just keeps cranking oh, out. that's the best part of it. It yeah. never stops. Yeah. And we've, and the, the bummer part is like just going to iTunes and being like, oh, we've seen all these already. Oh, we need more. Fi- it Follows finally just came out on VOD. Have you not seen it yet? No, I missed what? it. When is it? Yes. That's my movie of the year. Well, I I pre-ordered it like two months ago. It's... And it, I finally just got the notification that I can download it today. You are going to love it. It's I know. Amazing. Everyone says it's great. Um, this episode is Cameron Esposito, Woo-hoo. who also was in the Nerdist Stand-Up Cluster. And is also a delight and a treasure. She's a, she's so fantastic. And, uh, I got so, a misty listening to this episode. Well, she's... Uh, it's, it gets real poignant and beautiful. Like she's Super funny and very passionate and very cool and, and very human. and beautiful stuff. Her podcast live show, Put Your Hands Together, is Which UC- I just did. did. You did it? I did it two weeks ago. It's at UCB Franklin every Tuesday, and then her album is called Same Sex Symbol, and you should pick that up. Great. Here's another podcast number 699 with Cameron Esposito. Now entering Nerdist.com. I don't do laundry willy nilly. You kick down and dirty. You still use a washboard. <laughs> I use a washboard for my jug band. Yes. And also for my clothing. Yeah, your right arm is just ripped. Yeah, it's super ripped from that. And also, uh, you know, the moonshine. And the moonshine. Um, yeah. Yeah, the blindness. Can't check mm-hmm. that Kentucky Huckers. No. <laughs> There's a show on Destination America. I think it's Destination America. <laughs> this might be the Yay! channel you watch the most. It's got the weirdest shows. There's like some hillbilly technology show where they... No, newly So I got to say, you know, we had a lot of foresight when we booked you for this day <laughs> several weeks it? ago. I mean... We knew we had an in with the government. I was going to ask, who's your, who's your justice on the inside? Scalia. And, uh, I thought it was going to be Kagan for sure. And so I'm doing Kagan exercises right now. Uh, and we knew that today would be the day that the Supreme Court would federally recognize same-sex uh, unions. I mean, I already said to these dudes, I'm going to cry. Like, it's – I'm going to cry you, on the show. I'm gonna that's cry. fine. You that's fine. You cry ever? I don't – No. I don't uh, think so. No. Wow, seriously, Have never? We? No one's yeah. cried on this show. You know show. why? Because uh, gay marriage wasn't legal until... Right, right, right. right. Yeah, now we can just let it out! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is what you guys have been sobbing since I saw you. Yeah. Yes, that's true, yeah. I wonder if there are... I wonder if there are gay people who have been using that for the longest time. Like, I mean, I would love to get married, but you know the government, and now... Yeah. Now it's like, wait, wait, what happened? Yeah. I think that is... I think that's a real thing. Um, I also think that... You know what is driving me crazy are the gay divorce jokes that people are already making on Twitter and stuff. It's like, just give us like one day before like... What gay divorce jokes? Is this joke, which people have been making yeah. since the beginning of... Is, I'm listening. Is just I'm like listening. A, I like yeah, it. Let's go. What no, is it? it's the joke like... <laughs> welcome. Good luck. Yeah, you can get married. Good luck. Marriage <laughs> is terrible. You're going to get divorced oh, anyway. Yeah, the gay divorce is yeah, next exactly. year. That's the one I've wonder when that's going to be legal. Yeah. It's so... But you know what? It's all money for the government. It's yeah. fine. Also, like, absolutely there will be gay divorces. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because they're just divorces. Yeah, they'll just be divorced. <laughs> yeah. It weddings... can't possibly be as many as straight divorces. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Yeah. There was a, when I, when, you know, a long time ago, it was weird if you met a couple, <laughs> met a kid whose parents were divorced, and now it's like, your yeah. parents are still together? Yeah. Like it's, I right. get that. And I think at this point, like, we've had to suss out, we've had to spend so much time, like, deciding if we were okay with ourselves and finding a partner. Like, I think, I think the gay divorce rate will be right up there with the gay abortion rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Get it up! Get it out! <laughs> oh, no! What a waste of money! I I think they're called gay abortions, right? Abortions, yeah, 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 abortions. Abortions. I loved her in the rescuers. Yeah, she's great in the rescuers. Gonna rescue that baby. Come on, where down under? Is she still alive? No, I think she is. She lost her leg. Remember, like oh, that's right. I thought she bit the dust. Hey, find out if Jaja Gabor is alive. That was a whole. That was a whole thread. The first time Kevin Smith was on the podcast is like. Oh yeah, we're wondering like what happened to her leg. I said, I said, what if Ja? Because she had one of her legs amputated, and I said, what if Ja means leg in her language? And then now she's still alive. See, what? Still alive and still kicking while sitting down. Did she, no. did she lose a leg? Shit. It's 98 D's Green. Yeah, she did, yeah. To what? I, I, I think they had amputated for something. Or diabetes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, part of her was like, I'm, I, you can continue, but I'm yeah. gone. The leg was like, I'm done. So there's a lot yeah. of leg divorces? No more coochie, coochie. She just has like a fur. In her brain, yeah. It was <laughs> it's false. Oh. So that might not even be her fault. Right. Well, I think it's well, anybody's fault well. when you get an infection. Daddy, I have an infection. It's your fucking fault. Yeah. You yeah, know, you know. That's what happens. Yeah. Jonah and I are close friends, but I always find his stance on, amp- on amputees like pretty offensive. Yeah. If it happens, like, you chose this. You chose this. Sorry. Yeah. It's not my and fault. Some people are like, I was born this way or this happened to me over time yeah. because of some sort of collision. Yeah. You're like, then it's not your fault. You chose but it. But it could be. Yeah, you chose it. It could be. You have a hard line on that. By the way, I do. I will, I will, I'll take a hard phrase, stance. your stance on amputations sounds funny. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're it's right. wobbly, but it, it I mean, holds. It's, it's, your hand stance on arm amputation yeah, yeah. is a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was, uh, uh, a, you know, I, I, I was, I've been trying to, I, was, I, I agonized for like an hour this morning because I wanted to put something on Instagram of the Nerdist logo with, with a rainbow pattern on it. And I couldn't. I always think about that, Brandon. That's what I, I love I about you, Chris. No, it's not. It's it's just to let people no, know, know that I we. Know, I know. So shut up and stop being a jerk. So, uh, <laughs> let me just say it. Let me say a sincere thing without your dumb bullshit getting in the Finally, way. Hey, don't treat me like me. Matt. Huh? I make one well, match. Stop joke. acting like Matt. Well, I mean, I'll just say, as like the queer person in the room, I did notice that both at midnight and Nerdist have rainbow. Uh, icons on all of your shit and so it matters yeah, yeah so I just you know I wanted to put it out on the ha. Instagram but I couldn't find a. I wanted to put a background but the background kept so like basically I took I took the equality sign and I put that in the background but then it was just too busy <laughs> and then I tried to put clouds in the background I'm like why well, doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> so then I put like clouds in the background with the sun beaming through and I'm like well that's too on the nose like I couldn't find the right <laughs> what did you did you land on it I didn't land on and then the beam is landing on me and my future. <laughs> wait, We're wait, just standing Chris, down there. What if aliens. the triangle, yeah. but instead of the laser beam thing, the two marriage equality lines? 
Right, uh, or you make the looks, triangle pink, and then that's actually already a gay symbol used by as great people as just, the Nazis. Yeah, turn well, it upside down. That's really a good idea. <laughs> turn it upside down. As no. great A people. No. 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 Do you think, you know, you, just if it's big enough, and then just the two, the marriage equality lines inside. Yeah, but it's, uh, it, how do I connect them to the... Thing it will look weird, like it won't. You have to oh, make how it do you connect big, it to the triangle? How do you connect it to the laser beam without it looking? It's not gonna. There won't, no laser. Oh, beam, just the no, triangle. no, no. What if you have the? I don't know why we're discussing this now, yeah. but it's really important. What if you have? You know how the beam goes out to the to yeah. the shine? Yeah, the, whatever we'll call that, the yeah. glare of yeah. the laser beam. Why don't you just replace the glare with two with women? Two women. Scissoring. <laughs> scissoring. <laughs> yeah. Or, Which, or, by the way, or you does put that create on, quite a bit of you glare. You put that on Instagram, right? It's very juicy. And then on Twitter, two dudes docking. <laughs> I'm not really sure that Couple. that would be taken the right way. No, uh, I think that is. I think will... as a straight man that might like if I were a gay woman I could do that and people would be like that's rad. As yeah, a straight yeah. dude I think it would look like what are you doing? Well, yeah, I mean I'd have a problem knocking. with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you recommended no, it. No, yeah. but that's the thing. You should have a picture of camera that says I'm Cameron Esposito and I approve of this message. <laughs> <laughs> but then also the two women are both me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just two tiny me's. <laughs> Sometimes guys ask you this question all the time when you're a lesbian. Not just me. Many lesbians have told me this. Guys will ask us all the time, like, how do you leave your house? Because you have boobs. Right. And you're into boobs. Mm-hmm. Which is... Is this a question that everybody at the table has? No, I've heard. I, I, no, I, I, I've you heard know, my, my feeling is that, I mean, boobs are rad, but I think vaginas are pretty great, too. Yeah, also, I mean, like... Because because you have to make money. Eventually, well, it's also the and same. And you get hungry. Like, the, there's a lot of reasons. It's the same way. Like, what are you actually talking about in this situation? I mean, if I, if I can leave the house with the capability of masturbating, then you can leave the house with boobs. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I, I think I I feel like was that an LA story? I feel like there was a. I feel like Steve Martin said that in a movie somewhere. He was like, oh, I just. I couldn't be a woman. I would just sit at home and play with my breasts all day. You know what? I think it is an L.A. story. I think it might be an L.A. Yeah. story. I think it might be an L.A. story. I don't know. I'm not that... I mean, yeah, again, I think boobs are cool, but I, I'm not I'm not a dude who's like, look at all the tits! Like, I just don't think that. <laughs> I way. wish you were that guy. Uh, <laughs> look at them all! I was that guy when he saw Total Recall. When he saw Total Recall, that's what he said in the Yeah, there's three tits! <laughs> look at all those tits! Also, I mean, you could fit an extra one in there if you tried. <laughs> I mean, if you're a woman who's at my particular area on the sex sexuality spectrum there was a point in my life when i felt betrayed by my own breasts so i get the fuck out of the house so as to leave them behind betrayed yeah. how well because like i was a little kid and lo- and loved being kind of androgynous mm-hmm. and had like a coonskin cap that i wore all the time and was like only i had a i had a you just kind of still have one yeah yeah, yeah i know yeah. that's <laughs> Okay. You loved yeah, being uh, androgynous as a 11-year-old in 1955. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you got on your radio flyer. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I got this Dakota ring, and it said you're yeah. a lesbian. Put um, the slingshot in your back pocket. Right. Yeah. And no, I just had like, I had like a weird little bull cut and all these things that were like riding this. I was like really into Robin Hood, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then suddenly I had this body that when I, you know, because I lived in an area where I didn't know that gay people existed, when my body showed up, I was just like, "What? what is this? Because this is not in line with where I find myself in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, having a woman's body felt really difficult for a really long time. Because it wasn't at all... Because then I didn't know where I fit. Because I was like, well, wait a minute. But, like, I still want to collect Kens, not Barbies. So, like, what does this mean? Uh, and, so when um, did you get comfortable with it? 
Did you have to meet other lesbians and they go, you know, this is fine. Yeah, this is, I actually am into you specifically because of your body because I that's what a lesbian is. Um, honestly, I think it was when I kissed a, a woman for the first time because I dated guys. I dated guys in like high school and early college very seriously. I had like really serious boyfriends. And that whole time I was very uncomfortable with myself. I had like a lot of body issues and like eating issues and a lot of just like really skin crawling like my own skin crawling when dudes would touch me I just couldn't figure out what was going on then when I was with a woman and I appreciated her body like as I got to understand how awesome I thought her body was I could see that she liked my body and it made me like myself for the first time that's really really interesting I mean I feel like I've known women who have never really been super like who hate their own bodies and who have never been comfortable with a dude. And, but I just feel like it's not my place to go. Maybe there might be another option for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that for women, it's very confusing for good or for bad. When you were a a guy in your youth, everybody tells you that you are gay, whether you are gay or not. Right. Sure. And some guys are gay and then they are told that they're gay. And then some straight guys are like constantly patrolled to find like any little thing in you that might be gay. If you're a woman, the parameters for behavior for women is like, it, they're so kind of loose that I don't actually know that it helps queer women to understand what we are. Like you can be a woman and have a sleepover with your best friend in high school, which I did all the time. My mm-hmm. best friend in high school, she was the youngest of eight kids and there were seven empty bedrooms. All of her family members had left the house by the time she was in high school. There were seven empty bedrooms at her house because she was from a wealthy family and then two guest bedrooms. And every time I would sleep over there, I would choose to sleep in her bed, mm-hmm. in her bedroom with her. And I have like this very specific memory of her mom being like, Cameron, do you want to like sleep in any of the guest bedrooms and i was just like no shut the door <laughs> but i didn't understand that that was different because like well you're for really, women that's totally you're really right about that especially, normal especially what you said about how young men are are it, it's almost like they're hazed with the with sexuality yes i remember i apologize for the word i'm about to use but it's just the word that was used at me a lot but when even to the extent where you used to wear these shirts and they had these little loops in the back that you would hang shirts on, and people called them fag tags. Still yes. do. And and so they would uh, they would come you around. You hanging out at middle schools. They yeah. would they would come around. I remember, and then like yank it, like try yeah. to rip it off and go fag tag. Yeah. And it's like I didn't. I never even understood. I'm like, what is the origin of that? What does that mean? Why? Why? You know, absolutely. It's where because hip, and kids what, in the UK would keep was, their cigarettes. What, what was wild about that is that that was happening to straight guys who I'm sure felt very uncomfortable being called that word, and it was also happening to your queer classmates who really were gay, and people were also throwing that word at them. So guys have like this really weird experience of everybody is put down, and some people it's true for them, and then some people it's not true for them, but it's still this huge point of shame. And so like as a as a group, all men are spending a lot of the rest of their lives yeah, because, getting over being called this. Yeah, word. I, 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 was, I was really, I, I questioned it when I was young because I didn't, you know, as sort of like a weird nerdy kid who didn't, was not popular and didn't, didn't have the option of really dating girls until I got older, I, you know, and then getting that, especially growing up in the South and getting like, Ooh, this bag over you know, like I, it kind of made me go like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I honestly didn't know because I didn't have any, 
I didn't have any way to really understand or test it, or I just I didn't know. But it was definitely uh, it was definitely used as um, as like an as a shaming tool or an attack or or I mean just maybe that's just generalized bullying and I don't. I know. think it I think it is generalized bullying, but I also think it's specific to guys. So the other side of that is that for women, I really think like. Most women grow up believing that lesbians are not a real thing. Like, so guys are growing up thinking like, oh, God, what if I'm this one thing that everybody's telling me I might be and it would be terrible? And then women are growing up being like, well, the only option is to have a husband. And so I think it's as confusing in a different way where you're taught kind of in a blanket way that you're straight. Like but don't all you women think are kind of taught are, that do, they're do, straight. Do you, do you feel, especially, especially in college, don't you feel that women are more open to at least – experiment like just tr- like, like trying sure but see. then some of that and that kind of started you know like in the 90s or 2000s like before that that wasn't really a thing in terms of the like titillating <laughs> but you know uh but that's that's sexuality for men too that's a performance like girls kissing girls as a, at a party has nothing to do with sexuality. Not that. I just mean sort of like what you said, how girls can have sleepovers and sleep in the same bed and no one questions it. But it, but as your but as your hormones are developing, wouldn't you be more apt to just be like, oh, this kind of feels good. Let's, you know. I don't know. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. And I was a little limited in kind of speaking to generalized female experience because I went to Catholic grade school, high school, and college. So my experience was very within this world that, like, homosexuality didn't really exist, and it was a choice, and it was a sin. So, like, women that I knew weren't experimenting because it was fun, because it was something that you wouldn't do because it would be sinful. Right. So I'm sure that does exist, that, like, is this fun? You know, I'm sure that that is out there, but it wasn't my experience. Right. Um, And I don't really know that any of the lesbians that I know experienced their sexuality that way i mean there's also like sexuality is a spectrum so there's definitely like you know bi women and Mm -hmm. women that are straight except for like these seven chicks you know like all of this exists and all of this is true um and i do think it's more acceptable for women to experiment with that but the reason it's more acceptable is because when a guy found finds out that his girlfriend used to sleep with chicks that's supposed to be a turn-on like for it doesn't go the other way. A woman doesn't find out that her boyfriend used to casually fuck <laughs> dudes and get jazzed about it. And you know what? She should. Like, she could. I was really jazzed yeah. to hear you fucked a couple jazz. of guys. Deanna's worried that I have. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always just like, no, no, I just find dudes to be incredibly attractive when they're good looking and cool. And, uh, and she's like, would you never? I was like, I kissed a couple guys. But, uh, but it's like, she's like, well, you don't like it anymore? I'm like, no. Because it felt weird. I mean, and that's I why think- you know. It's a physical reaction. Like you yeah. said, your skin would crawl. Yeah. I think it's I think that more men would try that sort of a thing if if they're if they didn't imagine that an eventual scenario of their girlfriend breaking up with them when they found out. Yeah. Whereas like women, we've just been taught whether or not that's actually true, I don't know if on the guy side of things, if you find out that your girlfriend used to sleep with women, I don't know how that actually feels, but you are supposed to be into it. <laughs> Guys are supposed to think it's cool. Whether or not you actually do. You gotta think it's there's the a coolest. Lot of, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to think it's rad. You know, I don't know. I, I've never... I've never been... A, I've, I've, ne- I've never been a guy who... Um, 
when it's like, oh, these chicks are hooking up. Like, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I sort of envision it the same way I do sports where I go, well, if I can't, if I'm not envisioning myself, if I can't put myself in the first person position, I don't, I can't really connect with it. So like watching, watching women make out does pr- Well, then you're like a hero, man. You're no. like a hero, man. All I'm saying is that lesbian is a genre of porn on straight porn websites. Yes, right. Yes. And right. gay male is not a genre of porn on straight porn websites. Do you think to get gay male correct. videos, you have to click through? I wonder if part of that though is that dudes are so, that maybe there's maybe there's some dudes who are so threatened by facing their own sexuality. They're like, well, I can't even look at another dude's dick. Yes, and I do have like a theory about that. I mean, Go. this is what I think it is. I think that men are really, really scared of feeling like women. And the scariest thing in the world would be for another dude to emasculate you, even sure. though that's not actually what gay male sex is. It's like, number one, uh, consensual. Like, people are into it. These dudes, this is not like some prison scenario. You right. know, like the number of jokes about like some prison thing happening to you. Like, I don't, this is not right. what it's, it's the same, it falls in the same category of like, dudes that say, I wouldn't suck a dick for a million dollars. And I always want to be like, I'd suck a dick for a thousand dollars. Also, like what, like the you've created. If that, if yeah. that, like it's a. I have that in my car. Yeah, but yeah. There, there are also yeah, a nice dudes, night out. Maybe there, there are also dudes it's that in would an envelope do it. Labeled yeah. dick sucking. There, <laughs> there are also dudes. No one writes that, for free. There are also dudes that would do it for free. Yeah. So I feel like you're not really looking at the dick sucking economy if you are thinking that <laughs> hey, you're hey, going to hey, get he a million. He already said he had a thousand. <laughs> Wait, hang on, Cameron. <laughs> is this now an episode of Shark Tank where uh. Jonah's pitching his dick sucking business? <laughs> What's yes. your overhead, Jonah? I'm out. I'm no. out. And you for know that reason, I, I'm, I'm out. out. When I think about it, when I think about it, so sharks, who wants me to suck their dick? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lori would be great with that on QVC. You know what I mean? That's a hero product, Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for a Cuban sandwich. <laughs> Mark Cuban is on now. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you are, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Give a little yeah. side note there. His last name is also a sandwich. I like that. If I knew, I would have uh, really... You know me. If I knew that he was a part of that show, I would have yeah. fucking went crazy. You know, when I think about it, like when I, when I think about actually like... <laughs> I just imagine Jonah literally going, "Yes, yeah. you No, I seriously would have loved it. I now can only appreciate it in the past. <laughs> Hindsight, huh? Uh, when I when I think about it, I don't feel like when I think like, oh, what would it be like if I like if I just sucked a guy's dick? Like, it, I don't think like, oh my god, I couldn't. I just feel like I don't know. Dicks to me are just kind of gross, you know. Like, I just don't. Like I, I I look at my own penis and I go I don't get it like I just don't really Chris, understand. We are on the same page. About this. <laughs> you and I could not agree yeah. on this more. <laughs> so yeah. you don't have to convince me. I'm I just I just mean like I think I think that guys, when you are a dude, you are taught from a very early age that you are supposed to just not be a woman. Like that is a hard, a huge part of the male identity is the machismo of not being a woman, and so therefore, like the idea that another dude would penetrate you, which is the what most people think of when they think of a same-sex male relationship. That's like they don't think about like family or having a dog <laughs> together. Yeah, really go to butt it's sex. like just absolutely butt sex all the way. And I think guys have a real big problem with with the idea that that could happen to them against their will, which is not what gay male sexuality is and so thank god that today 
we're living in this moment where like the government is just saying like guys don't worry about butt sex like do that or don't do that but still like marriage that shouldn't like butt sex shouldn't affect like tax code. I really hope yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that oh you gotta fill out a 1047 <laughs> that's a butt sex oh form. my god there's uh, so much bureaucracy is in this butt it? sex is it worth it babe by the way straight people uh, I'm gonna go to H&R Cock by the way straight people have Thanks way more five, butt sex than, straight people do yeah because percentage wise there are way more straight people so even if like sure. one in ten straight people are doing this if that that would be equivalent to like the number of gay people are doing it since like one in ten no. uh, people are gay but then half of those are women so we're really just working for like a 50 I don't um I don't know I I hope that part of what this ruling does is if there are people who were uh either not ready to or like af- afraid of coming out or facing their sexuality I hope the more this the, the more the more kind of rainbows they see in the world they go oh okay well maybe it's not so crazy for me to kind of face who well, I the am. approval yeah. for uh, same-sex marriage, like in '96, was is like no one was really for it, and now you see just because of just people getting older and people living with it more in the culture and it being more of a thing that they grew up with, it'll be fine. And I think in another few years, it'll be even more. It's like I think it's just one of those things that younger people who are used to it grow up, and then then they're the ones being pulled, right. and then I, they're the ones that are okay with it. I also think that you know, Chris, you're. I hope that with my whole heart as well, because what is an amazing thing about being a queer person right now is I don't live in West Hollywood. I don't live in the gay neighborhood here in Los Angeles. I get to choose where I live, and I live near Griffith Park because I really like to hike, and I don't have to well, live it's also somewhere. To live in Griffith Park, <laughs> sure, but I don't have to live somewhere so that I will feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why gay mm-hmm. neighborhoods first were created, and gay bars were such a huge thing because it was a place where you couldn't be bashed. Or you might not be. Right. And you still might be leaving there. But at least you knew you had like some semblance of safety in numbers. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a huge testament to you know, that idea that you're talking about. Just seeing it places brings that feeling everywhere. You know, like when my fiance and I walked down the street in our neighborhood, which is mixed in every way. Like we don't feel weird holding hands and we don't feel unsafe. And that would not have been true Ten years ago, I experienced it as less true. Twenty years ago, I know it definitely wouldn't have been as true. So I think we're just moving in this direction where, like, you can be the person that you are and you can be that wherever. And so I hope that that does happen more and more to people. You know, I travel so much and I meet people who are out and struggling in every state. You know, there are gay people in every state that are figuring out how to come out to their bosses or figuring out how to like invite their parents to their wedding or not invite their parents to their wedding. And so it's amazing. We live in this crazy time when a lot of this stuff is going to be, it's going to be like settled. Like we get to live in that. I think, I think the biggest challenge you face is that your partner is also a comedian. (laughs) It's so stressful. Yeah, because she's so much funnier than me. (laughs) Dating another comedian is really, can be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I've avoided it. I like it's like it's like I once like went on a few dates with another comic oh, a while back and I was just like I don't I can't do this. Yeah, I did it for a while. It was no fun. Yeah. Oh, guys, I never thought I never thought this would be. I mean, because we were, when we met Ria and I met, we were both dating other people. We were living with those people, and then I just saw her do stand up, 
I brought my fiance Ria on stage the first time she ever did stand up. I introduced her and she was like amazing that first set. She's so funny. And I like loved her stuff so much that I asked her to come open for me out on the road. And so we would travel together. There's a great joke there. Yeah, don't make that joke. But anyway, um, so then we would travel together and we weren't dating for a long time. And I just got to appreciate her as a comic first. And I'm only saying that because I think that's actually the only way to do it. Right. right. I don't think you could ever date someone and then like one of you is a comic and the other one like decides to start right, or right, like right. you like haven't seen each other's acts and then you like meet at a, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm so glad that it happened this way. Um, because we yeah, both Dory knew and that I have we an agreement. I'm never going to run Buzzfeed and she's never going to stand up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the only way you can do it. But I mean, also we're making the decision right now to tour together, which is something that like a decision we made together because when we first moved here to LA, I was opening for Anthony Jesselnick and I was gone for like eight months just gone and mm. I would come home on Tuesdays and Wednesdays Rio would wash my clothes for me and then like repack my bag for me and then I would leave because I was exhausted we yeah. had like no time together and so now we're deciding to tour together um and it is so crazy because like we're both women and we're both gay women and she is really funny and I have to follow her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's really, really funny. Yeah, but you guys have such different, crazy different styles. Yeah. We do, and that's absolutely true. But think about 10 years ago. Actually, not even that. Think about now. Think about how many women have women open for them. It's not that many. Like, yeah. it's really not. Yeah, most, that's very true. Most female comics choose male openers because we're already such a minority. It's like, there's this fear that we'll burn all of the stuff or that like the dudes in the audience won't love it because there won't be anything there for them. So yeah. like, it's really, my opener is a woman and she's yeah. great. And, and, right. and, and, and I, and I think, I think it's important because I, I just think it's nice to have different perspectives Yes, in comedy, yeah. you know, so like, it's not like across the board. It's not like, just, here's another white dude, yeah. you right. know, like it, I don't know. I just feel like I was a great opener for Anthony. For, for, yeah. the, like, for the audience, I think, it's more good, I think it's good to see yes. different types of comedy without just seeing, you know, I mean, just look, there's there's an alarming majority of white dudes in this country. <laughs> yeah. There's just an alarming majority. Of <laughs> not white for dudes. long, man. Yeah, We're yeah, serious. Serious. True. yeah, if you look at but all the not, not necessarily in this country, but at shows. Or that we're supposed to make our craft our jokes for. Like yeah, our right. audience is not just that they are that, but they're also supposed to be that. That's right. who we're supposed to be writing for. You know, which is like I get something I get all the time is people tweeting at me like, We get it, you're a lesbian. And I always oh, am like fuck. I'm always like, Well, number one, you do not get it. Because if you got <laughs> it, you would not send me this tweet. But also like you don't realize how many people are tweeting this at me. You're not even creative. You know, the other thing yeah. that sucks about that is that it's you know, it's almost like people not allow it's like they're trying to put their limitations on you it's like yeah everyone is everything so you could say that to i get it you're a football player do i have yeah. to see you <laughs> i want to start tweeting that at football players yeah, that's really it. funny chris that is exactly got a game coming up. you know it's like oh you're on every sunday uh, you're in a football game i get it lebron you did a gatorade James, commercial you play i get it basketball you're a football player i i i love that that's exactly what i mean i always and i never i don't even know how to respond to it cuz i don't want to fight with I think dummies fuck you is the on the internet response. but like it's like no, not no. even worth my time <laughs> No but I, I do think, like, I talk about being a lesbian as much as you guys talk about being straight men. 
Yeah, that's how, that yeah. is how much I talk. Well, about that's it. that's you know of, of the of the arguments that I've gotten with people where I where I talk about how I don't like sports and people go, "We get it, you don't like sports." And I always go, "That is nothing compared to how much I have to hear about fucking sports." So you go yeah. fuck yourself in no. the face. Like same. I don't. Do you consider your and maybe this is nothing you even think of? Do you consider yourself as a gay, a, a gay comic or a comic who happens to be gay? I'm fine with either thing, but one thing that is true is that I've always been in the mainstream comedy world, and that is where I want to stay, and also why I talk about being a lesbian so much. It's like it's like a it's like a Firefox eating its own tail, um, because <laughs> there there used to be like queer comics that played you know cruise ships or yeah, like we all know West Ant. Hollywood or yeah, they, <laughs> and they never like I started in alt comedy rooms and I've always been doing alt comedy rooms I've also I also started doing stand up after I was already out so I never came out of the closet and I never played specifically gay rooms so I'm just happy to be like the comic I am who happens to be gay but also a gay comic it's just that I it really is important to me that people just realize like the reason I talk about this is because this is what comics talk about. We talk about our lives. What you're what you're experienced with, and if you're if you're, you know, if you're going to be the type mm. of comic that goes out of their way specifically to try to talk about what you think the audience wants to hear, then then you're a cruise ship comic. Also, yeah. well, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but it's just not. That's like what the. I feel like my favorite comedians of all time were who they are on stage and not. Trying to be like, hey, you ever notice how, uh, you know, when you go to the grocery store and then there's that guy? Like, yeah. I've noticed that. Hang on. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I've but been to the grocery store. store. Like, it's like no one like went to Richard Price. Like, we get it. You're black. Motherfucker. We get yeah. it. You know, it's or it's like, you're like, right. K. we get it. You have kids. Like, no one fucking points it's, that out. It's veiled homophobia. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the reason I bring up that I've always been in the mainstream is because I feel a responsibility to talk about who I am. It's not just what makes sense because we all talk about our lives, but it's also like, since I started doing stand-up, you know, the, the movement towards marriage equality, I lived in Boston when Massachusetts became the first state to allow equal marriage. That happened, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it is. And now this whole time in comedy clubs, in alt rooms, like how many times do you hear straight dude comics talk about their opinion about equal marriage? It's on almost every show. On almost every show for the entire time that I've done stand-up, there is a guy being like, if you have a problem with gay marriage, then I have a problem with you. And that's fine. I'm happy to have people talking about it. But it feels very weird to me to be left out of my own conversation. Like, especially if I'm on the show Mm. and somebody's going to make a point that's like maybe a little off, like they... Like, this used to be a joke people would make all the time. People still do sometimes make it. Like, uh, if you think that, like, gay male sexuality is pretty gross, you're probably gay. Like, like people that say that, that always bothers me because it's like you're, you're taking the worst people in the world and you're saying that they are me. <laughs> like, you're not actually making gay people feel better. You're saying, like, you're an asshole. You must be a gay asshole. Like, you're just calling somebody gay. And so I feel like it's really important for me to talk about this in the room because right. everybody else is talking about it. Like, this has been a hot-button topic. Everybody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I don't talk about it, 
the conversation is happening with yeah, me. It's, a, it's almost like the straight people are like, here's the thing you gotta understand about the gays. And you're like, excuse me, I'm gay. This yeah. is a private conversation. Yeah, exactly. So the gays yeah. will do this and this and this. Exactly. The gays actually comes up as a phrase. And a lot of times I hear, I'll hear comics talk about it. And then they're also talking to the audience as if there's no gay people in the audience. Like they'll be like, you know how like when we're hanging out with gays and we're like, we're fine with you. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, who like are you talking we're... about? Like I'm on, the, I host this show. I have a black yeah. friend. Yeah, One of my least favorite nuts. things, and it's and friends of mine, I've, I've heard say this, and it's kind of like, and it's a very accepting way, but like uh, I, I hear uh, usually women say, oh, my gay or my best gay in high school. And like I say, you could just say friend. Yeah. It, do, right. it doesn't make a difference. Like you could still have gone and went clothes shopping and had a day at a spa. You don't have to point it out. That's like, well, me and my gay went out the other day. It's like, that's really shitty. I find, and it's like, they're not homophobic, but they, there's this weird terminology that I think should be just kind of gotten rid of. I think the same thing is happening with race right now. And I just think it's something that people that are in a power position just need to be aware of. Like if you're trying to be an advocate, that doesn't mean that you speak for the population that you're trying to advocate for. Because I, I see the same thing with like, you know, right now so many white people are saying like, you know, we're with you, Baltimore, but then feel uncomfortable if like a black comic has a joke about it. Like, n- no, it's the best way uh, to be an advocate is to point to the person who's speaking on their own behalf. I really believe that. And not try to take the attention yourself. Yeah, yes. Point. And not be like, let me explain it to other me's. You yeah. Know? I know that um, there was a... Let me handle it, me. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy There was a guy once who really went after me on Twitter because um, I use the word lovely a lot to describe people. And in my mind, it's, a, it's an adjective that describes a personality. So I use it for both men and women. Across the board, I just go, oh, that guy's really, he's really lovely. He's a really lovely guy. Or I go, oh, she's a really lovely person. She's a really lovely woman. And this guy's like, you fucking piece of shit. Do you ha- how dare you use that to describe women? You're a fucking misogynist. And my first thought was like, well, A, you clearly don't understand my vocabulary because I'm not, I don't think of it as a physical description. And B, uh, and I think I actually was with April Richardson at the time who was sort of offended because it was like, well, that guy, I'm a woman. That guy can't fucking speak for me. And it's and and even though his even though his intention may be, hey, you know, women, you know, like we should all be equal. Whatever his intention was, that uh, she felt she was actually offended by his stance that he was trying to white knight a situation. It's like he's a like. Why does he think I need him to ride in and fucking save the day by being by being aggressive? Right. Because he made the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, you're, of course, that that is the problem with the sentiment, not all men. Like, that's the reason that so many women were upset with, like, the not all men hashtag as, like, any second that we that women have a second, you know, women have a moment to talk about what it's like to feel scared in the world and unsafe because statistically we are way more victimized and also, and I really do mean victimized because I don't mean, like, Yes, we are also raped more often, but we are also like made to watch entertainment where women are raped and then it's supposed to be okay with us mm. and we can't even talk about that it's not okay with us. Like I'm not talking about the the specific victimization of rape 
survivors because that I think is a better word for that. I'm just talking about like being a woman in the world. And then we, we try to have this moment of talking about it with each other and then being like, oh, any dudes want to eavesdrop on this? No problem <laughs> if you do. We're trying to talk to you about it. And then of course it's like bundled into this thing. Like, wait, but wait a minute. And I feel like the, but wait a minute is just something I would love for us to get past in this news today right, like right, today's right. the day maybe and it's not gonna happen but I, god i would love it if we could just get past but wait a minute that would be so nice there's a, a thing i was talking with someone about recently about the movie wild the reese witherspoon movie mm-hmm. where she hikes across the pacific rim trail or whatever but there's a it's it's a it's pretty interesting because i was talking about like you know as a guy i could say that i understand that women have it tough or i could say that i I, I, it's like, yeah, it must be scary. I can imagine it's scary, but that, those are those like, it must be, it, I'd imagine it is. And I was watching this movie and like, you know, when you're watching a movie and you're watching the protagonist and you put yourself in the protagonist's shoes and you are, you know, seeing the world through their eyes. And there's a lot of, a couple parts in that movie where it's like, there's like a guy there and it's a scary situation because you don't know and you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's cool, what's, what he's going to do. If he does anything, is he a nice guy? And like, I was explaining to somebody, I was like, that's like, you know, it's it's like I like that about that movie because it kind of shows that like you know very uneasy feeling that women can have because no matter what a guy says or what he and I believe that it's tough but they'll never know and they'll never understand how bad you know it and is. I have to be honest I even feel like I even kind of feel dumb talking about it because I just feel like I just feel like an ape who's like oh you don't you the women got it they don't know you know because there's no way that I could there's possibly no we, there's no way I could possibly understand so it, do is, do I have any opinion that's remotely valid. About this, I mean, I think these opinions that you guys are expressing right now are actually the opinions, which is saying like I don't really understand feeling this way all the time. That's I think that's all you need to say. Seriously, if you just just say that again and again, that is that is what makes women feel safe. Is just saying like I don't understand what you're going through. That is awesome to hear that. I, I feel great. So you made me feel great. <laughs> I think that's what women want to hear. I. I'm going to forget to say this if I don't say this right now. I have to tell you my story about this morning. Please. Because it relates to both of you guys. And Matt, like, it, you're also included in this Thank in you. a really important way. Well, he's way. here. Yeah, yeah, close to my heart. I'm here. But this morning at 7 a.m. So there's a little bit of backstory to this. When I came out to my parents, my parents, both from this conservative Catholic background, my dad specifically had a terrible time with it. I was also having a terrible time with it. I was a theology major at the time. I went to daily mass. I thought something was wrong with me. I didn't know any functional, out, successful, happy gay people. I thought I was ruining my life. My dad and I had a similar experience, except that I was living in my own body, so I knew that this was real. And I think for him it was really, really difficult. For five years, you know, he cried every time that we talked. He asked me, you know, questions about, like, you know, don't you ever want to be able to be happy? Don't you ever want to be able to have like a partner? Don't you ever want to be able to have kids? And it was like my worst fears being realized back at me. And then when I was, so I came out when I was 20, when I was 25, I moved back to my hometown, Chicago. And not long after I moved back, my dad apologized to me for all of that. Um, and like made a 180 where now my parents stand up and salute when PFLAG walks by at our small town 4th of July parade. (laughs) And um, he's become a great advocate. He's also like a small Italian crying dad. He's very, very (laughs) sweet. Um, And so now he like tells everybody, you know, just like, yeah, I love my daughter Cameron and she's a lesbian, you know, like that kind of dad. And um, 
this morning he called me at seven o'clock this morning. He called me at seven. It was like seven oh oh. I was asleep and I heard my phone ring and I picked it up and um it was my dad and he was like, You won mm-hmm. and I haven't talked to my dad since I was on at midnight two nights ago <laughs> and I won at midnight <laughs> and I always tell my parents when I'm going to be on television because like I made a mistake early on and they heard about it from someone else and they were like so destroyed yeah. so I always tell them so I knew that he had TiVo'd it like it was very much like I'm seeing you on my TV right now and I've got it programmed in my TiVo I'm gonna really watch it so I get this phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning he's like you won and I was like dad I'm asleep I will call you back and I hung <laughs> up because <on him. laughs> I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was calling to congratulate me about at midnight so I go back to sleep I'm like laying there rolling my head around just like god damn it dad you wake me up at, like at 7 o'clock in the morning like what the hell then, like, I finally couldn't go back to sleep, so I pop on my phone, and then that's when I went on Instagram, and I saw Jonah had posted a picture of Rhea and yeah, I that said, like, my really great buds, Cam and Rhea, are going to be able to get married, and I was like, oh my god, my dad called to wish me congratulations <laughs> about marriage equality, and I told him it was too early and hung up on him. Too late. I don't yeah. support it anymore. You hung up on me. Uh, that was it. That was yeah. the window. And you yep. call him back and go, what are you talking about? I was talking about at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> I He... So my dad is a lawyer, and right after that, he went into court. I, He had called my mom after I got off the phone and was like, Cameron thinks I was talking about at midnight. If she calls you, tell her I meant marriage equality. <laughs> so like, <laughs> It's like a network of my family telling me. So I finally did talk to him. I'm like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I appreciate you. Know, I mean, it so is, it, it, it's, you know, part, part of me is, you know, when I saw the, when I saw the news this morning, uh, part of me was a little indignant where I just sort of felt like, well, yeah, you know, like you know, it's interesting. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit. That's what it. Like, I, I was almost kind of annoyed by how obvious it is that it should. That that the fact that we even had to have this, you know, like. So you really, you really, honestly, there's a debate about whether or not it should be okay for people to have rights. To, like, it doesn't. But it's failed what? homophobia, like Cameron's talking about. They're not talking about like like they they switch right. their their conversation. They're not saying it's about gay marriage. They're just saying you can't change the constitution when, like that that's illegal when i got up this morning and i went to huffington post and i saw the headline i thought i was using firefox and i had proxied and i was on huffpo uk i had uh, i was like there's this is america i was like holy shit my dad called you you hung up on him immediately <laughs> yeah. stop calling the uk mistress <laughs> she's calling everyone do you see ian mckellen's vine no, oh, or so like uh, he was just like with his partner and like 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 was it like confetti or something? Yeah, like just that? tossing something. And going like congratulations, America, like yeah. for catching up with the rest of us or something <laughs> like that. Well, Chris, I think all you need to all anybody needs to do is read Clarence Thomas's dissent, and you can understand what a massive moment this is for any person in a same sex couple because his dissent. He, I don't know if did any of you guys read it? No, I read it's ex- totally ex- nuts because there's a moment in there where he says the government can't bestow dignity on a person, and therefore oh, the government can't take dignity away. Slavery did not take dignity from black people, and internment camps didn't take dignity from the Japanese, and the American government can't dignify a person; it's inherent, and therefore like. This ruling has nothing to do with dignity. And the reason you use that word is because um, the ruling, that's the buzzword that they 
made the basis of the ruling, like the, the, the dignity of a person. Um, and so he's saying that the government can't grant or take away dignity. And I mean, first of all, like it's it's totally your choice if you want to uh, compare marriage inequality to slavery. But I think it's like you're maybe pushing a large stone up a hill <laughs> as like, hey, slaves had it fine and so did gays. You know, like yeah. that's a that's a little bit of a rough point well, to take. I, and I feel like you, I mean, yeah, all uh, you know, ultimately. Fine. If you want to make a broad philosophical argument like, well, only a person can decide if they feel dignity or not. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're standing on their fucking face with a golf cleat yes. and you're beating them with, you know, with a hockey stick and then like, stay the fuck down. I don't feel dignified. Well, that's your choice. Like, yeah. I, it's sort of a strange. I agree. I, I actually I think that he got it all wrong. Like he just clearly doesn't. I don't know why he doesn't see that in himself. Um, but I will tell you that a government can dignify a person. Absolutely. When I heard our president today talk about, first of all, just the fact that Obama has included same-sex couples in like all of his state, you know, state of the Union address, like every time I hear it, I can't believe it. And I'm 33. You know, there are people who are 88, and they've been fighting much longer than I have. And to hear our president say, like, Today we are a step closer to a more f- perfect union. Like I don't care who you are, and if you think the government is bull, like I don't care. I, it's not to have someone that has that much power see you. It really matters. Like it really, really matters. That's why it does matter if you change your Twitter avatar. Like those silly little things. Or I got a bunch of texts from friends today. Like texting your gay friends on it it's like it, you feel seen and you know what's obnoxious about the the dissent is that it's very easy when you're sitting in one of the biggest most powerful chairs to be like these people these masses they it we to, to like to say what what the experience is like for them i mean it's the same thing as like being a guy and going like oh well women probably should blah 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 it's like you you're not you're in a very unique position you're in a you're in a position of you're in a position of power. You're not you can't you can't say what people feel or not. I mean, like it, the, the ironic thing is that a statement like that almost takes away the dignity of what it means to be an American citizen. Yes, like because it, it's 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 very close, and this is just my interpretation, but it's very close to a bully like shoving someone down and going like, "What? Oh, I guess that's your problem." You know, like it's. You chose to feel that way. You chose yeah. to feel that way. Yeah, you chose Why, to be what are you amputated. crying for? Yeah. I didn't yeah. do it. I, you know, I just whatever. Like that doesn't that. You know, I, I don't. I'm sure he didn't intend to sound bullying, but that sounds like bully logic. Maybe I mean, actions have consequences. We don't live in a world where you can take an action and then you can just say to somebody that, well, you you chose to be affected by that. Right. That's what I, you know. That's what I think you're saying, and I agree with you completely. Yeah. There's no like. This isn't a. I tossed a ball, but it hit you because you did not get out of the way. Like yeah. it's not that's not how the world works. That's not how yeah. physics works. So I mean, it's certainly not how like <laughs> no, no, the world that is works. How physics works. You should get out of the way of that ball. <laughs> I just I don't I still don't understand the argument because it's like you know, they're saying it's against the constitution or they were saying that, but it's like it's if you take out like because the Bible says you know, man and a woman, that's marriage. But the, the bylaw has nothing to do with the country because the separation of church and state. So right. then where's the argument? Well, I well, think the that's with some... Republican appointed justices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that. And I also think that there's... So they, they're 
that religious language was veiled, you know, in talking about tradition. Like religion was the sub the word tradition was substituted for religion when people could say something like our tradition has always been that men and women loved each other and got married. And then they could get around that being religious. But the thing is, is like our tradition has not been static. Like women used to be property. Yeah. We used to be traded for cows. Like, so there's no, there's no stasis to this tradition. Also like divorce exists and there, there's no, we're, we're moving. We are a moving, evolving Imagine if they did organism. take traditions on, like, yeah. we, we uh, rule that this country shall open one present Christmas Eve. That is the tradition. <laughs> <laughs> it's President Dad. <laughs> uh, that also, is so I would great. like to rule that... Uh, hey, Russia, what do you keep doing over there? <laughs> keep it down! <laughs> A mandatory 3 p.m. sit. <laughs> I just feel like we're living... Tradition <laughs> dictates we sit around as a family and eat together on Saturdays. The flag is now made out of Dockers. America, if I hear one more peep out of you... <laughs> I will turn this country around. Around to the 50s. <laughs> but are we... We are living in this moment where... It is possible that even before this podcast is released, like, some of these things that we have couched in tradition that are actually just bullshit nonsense are going to evolve and go away and not that things will be healed but i'm so obama went from giving this speech in the rose garden that uh Rhea and i were like staring into each other's eyes and like sobbing and our very small chihuahua was trying to figure out like who to comfort more um he had like a stressful day today. Who would he choose? Yeah, Rhea. <laughs> she no, has no. more tears. I was hoping he likes to say, lick tears. I was hoping you were going to say his yeah. balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Obama went from there to Charleston to give the eulogy um, for those nine people that were killed at that church. Those nine black people that were killed by a racist white man at that church. And he sang, did you see him sing uh, Amazing Grace? Mm-hmm. Our president sang Amazing Grace today as a part of this uh, eulogy, sitting in front of, like, the leaders of the black church. You know, so it's, like, all black faces. And our president is one of them. And they're singing on NBC a spiritual song, you know, that has roots in, like, the black community specifically. And we watched that from our president today, too. Like, we watched our president stand with actual Americans that have been ignored for a very long time. This is all in one day. I mean, it sounds like President Obama is having the best week ever. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't under... I mean, for anyone... I I liken it to having, like, a shitty dad. And I I didn't. I was lucky. I had good parents. But for someone who has a shitty dad who who always kind of ignores them and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you're not like your brother, but it, but you're fine, you know. And then to have the dad go, oh, well, I guess you're just a pussy because you – I can't take away your dignity. It's like, yeah, but you – I need – you know, like we inherently need to be accepted as, as human beings. It's part of our biological makeup that we are accepted and, 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 and connect, yeah. you know. So how – I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I'm, I'm just – I'm sort of – I mean, I guess yes. On a again, on a on a large level, the government cannot take a wand and imbue you like through magic powers. But I mean, that's just that is an ignorant 
that's an, I mean, because that's just not how that's not how people work. That's not a you know what it is. It's not a human statement. Yeah, and also if that was true, we would have like no legal system because like most of our laws are actually based on protecting people's <laughs> dignity. It turns out, like I mean, yeah, you know, like that's the same reason you can't like kill somebody with your car for right, no reason because yeah, like they had they had some rights. dignity and yeah, rights and, right, and stuff. Yeah, so it's that, like that, that, that's that sort of thing. Like a lot of our laws are based. That you hear same, that, oh, sure. that same yeah. idea that we're like people. So, what is your uh, what is your day? What does the rest of your day look like? Are you and Ria going to go out tonight or stay in? And, and you know, when together? I get home, we are going to go on a hike to the place that we got engaged, um, yeah. and we're gonna. And then she's going to make you watch Star Trek. Again? <laughs> she's going to make you watch Star Trek. I'm really good at watching Star Trek. I don't understand yeah we had a great moment in a hotel room that matt was watching us <laughs> I was watching on twitter where i was understanding what the borg were for the first <laughs> time it was really confusing i was like how do they get into the cube or out of the cube she's like they're just there like anyway it was, <laughs> it was great Rhea, Rhea. no but like there's like a ship or something like they beamed like how are they getting out of there i can't explain anyway, so Rhea and i like literally all the same things it's yeah crazy. you guys are like, the same person like instagram and uh-huh. like shark tank or like oh cool guitars, old guitars like, yeah yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Star you Trek. guys are the. Oh, she's great. You got you found a good one. I know. Yeah, she's I, the best. I, I, I yes. So we're gonna walk up to when. So we had lived in Los Angeles for just a couple months. We had a crazy. So we got engaged. No, where should I start? I'll start here. We started dating when I was already moving to LA. We were we met in Chicago, and that's you know we were both living at the time, and she had a job there, and she had just started doing stand up, and there was like a lot of reasons for her to stay. And I was, I'd already kind of exhausted all my opportunities in Chicago and I knew I was going to move to LA and then we started dating and I moved here by myself. I moved to LA and I was here for six days and I was walking a dog. I was staying at somebody's place and therefore I was like walking their dog for them. And I was walking this dog and I tore all of the cartilage in my knee. Oh, geez. uh, Like just standing. And I had to fly home and have surgery and Rhea came and lived at my parents' house for two weeks. I mean, we we were two months into dating, and she was living at my parents' house in the suburbs, and she and my dad would walk to the train together and then take the train downtown because they both uh-huh. like, worked in the city. And, yeah, so we essentially moved into my parents' house two months into dating. And then as my knee got better, um, my Nana, who I was very, very close with, died two days short of her 100th birthday and Rhea it happened like the same week I was recovering from surgery hanging out with my Nana she passed away Rhea was there in the hospital like as she went through this pretty painful like 48 hour process of like allowing herself to die and Rhea saw the whole thing and then we just like looked at each other and said uh Hey, so we should just move to Los Angeles together, right? Like, because like life is because like yeah. life is shit. Like you yeah. can you can need emergency surgery and people can die and you have to watch it sometimes. And like all of these things are possible, so we should just take a risk. That's absolutely true. But she was a hundred. <laughs> she had a good run. I mean, I just think it was actually the first time I've ever seen anybody oh, yeah. go though. Like, I don't I don't know if you've like looked in someone's eyes as they were doing that, and a lot of people have. I hadn't before, mm. and it was. And Rio was there too, and it was like this transformative experience for both of us. And so we moved out here, and a couple months later, Domo was overturned, and she asked me to marry her on the top of this beautiful mountain, and it was wonderful. And then the next week, I got the job opening for Anthony, 
and I was gone for eight months. <laughs> so she had oh, moved out here, knew nobody, and asked me to marry her, and I was like, absolutely, and then I was just gone. Yeah, but that's when you got Murph the Durf. That's when we got our dog, yeah. yeah. So I feel like, I feel very lucky to have gone through all of this with somebody. I, yeah. It's like a a pressure cooker of experiences. We've mm-hmm. only been together for three years, but God, I feel like I've like taken it all on. Three years yeah. is a good amount. I mean, it's a good... It's a good it's a good time it's a good point to get married too I think like 3 years. It's obviously working. You know, it's yeah. not you're not it doesn't seem like you're rushing it. It doesn't seem like you've waited too long. Like it seems like yeah, that was us. That's yeah. about that's about the right amount of time, yeah. you know, to Meh. year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird to actually find anybody as a comic right? especially. I mean, I don't yeah. know. This feels very adult. Mm-hmm. I am Firmly in my 30s, there's no reason this should feel too adult. But also, this is the job <laughs> right. that we happen to do. And yeah. I think for me, this all felt very like, what? I'm going to find someone? I'm going to marry them? Yeah. We're no. going to hang out together? We'll have a dog? Do that- you feel like something has been lifted? Does it feel different than it did when you went to bed last night? I cannot believe this. What is, we both looked at each other, we like cried, hugged, and then Rhea and I were like, what are we going to talk about on stage? My things are pretty great. Yeah. God, fuck. <laughs> I was a lot funnier when I was. <laughs> <laughs> my whole like next hour, because I had this album that came out, and it was like at this really raw time when like I had just found someone I was gonna marry, and like most. Uh, the majority of states did not allow equal marriage. And then so that was released in October of last year. And since then, we were going to go on this tour where we were going to stop in every state that didn't allow equal marriage and do a show. And as we were planning the tour, we kept being like, God damn it, because like states would get knocked out. <laughs> and then we would feel <laughs> so terrible. Like, yeah, you, still, Kentucky, you still have the rust belt. Yeah. You still have the yeah. rust belt. Can I tell you what, though? I think what's kind of magical about it is that now – you can just talk about being a person and being married. It's that improv thing of like walking through the door and trusting that there's like other stuff on the other side. Like people in improv, there's that rule. Like if you have a gun, if you mime a gun on stage or something, you have to shoot it. You can't just like hold the gun and not use it. You have to pull the trigger and then find out what happens next. So I do think that in terms of comedy, because so much of my comedy could also be considered activism, like I'm fascinated to see what will happen next. I mean, it's just, I think, you know, that could just come out of the equation a bit. Yeah. And it's just, you're married. I'm like a fun person again? You're married, you're married. <laughs> you're married. Get it? You're oh, happily no, no, married. What if I get to be like a fun, normal person? That would be crazy. Because I've, I've just been, I mean, I am angry. Like, I've been angry. That's in my comedy. I think stand-up is fueled by anger. Like, we're all angry. Something happened to all of us mm-hmm. that we're pissed about. I think we're fueled by dissonance. And I think sure. anger is a form of that. Sure. I think fear is also a form of I mean it's all you know, a lot of it I think Hate, boils suffering. down to, uh, boils down to fear. You know, like we get angry because we're afraid and we don't like being afraid and we want to change something and we you know, or it's yeah. like we you know, I, I think I think it's fueled by some type of dissonance. There's, there's something that's not and I think anger is I think anger is definitely a form of that. Um but uh it you know you, you I think it would be challenging for you is, you know, don't 
go looking to create incendiary situations <laughs> so that you can get mad. I'm putting myself in terrible positions. <laughs> I mean, the good news is I'm a woman, so... Yeah, I was going to say. That, yeah. You got that going for you. I was going to say that. <laughs> so I'm still like... Not gonna. That's going nowhere. I know. You know. Yeah. You know. I never thought of it like 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 that. Well, there there's a two step verification process <laughs> right there. You know. It's like, I guess if you're if you're a gay man, okay, great. That's a. But you're still a guy, so you still kind of have it easy in some in some ways. But as a, but it's like okay, good. Now we dealt with this. Now there's this other hole. Like maybe that could be the focus. Well, I mean, we talk. A, and I, I'm bringing Rhea up so much in this podcast. She's a huge part of today. I'm going to marry her. Yeah, I'm going to marry her. But um, that is something we talk about when we're touring as well because like people will meet us after shows and now we have to ask for a male security guard because it used to be that like Rhea would inadvertently step into this like weird protector role because I do get – I get people that are really excited to meet me in the positive way with like tears or hugging or butt-touching, or picking up. Sure. That kind of thing happens. But also, like, sometimes people are very angry about the stuff that I'm saying with a very large smile on my face. Like, I'm not... I don't think I'm that... Oh, wow. Uh, they do, really? Yeah, I... Come to, yes. I'm coming to you in person? Yes. I have had... Yes. Yeah, guy, guys. It's never... I mean, obviously... Saying what? Um, I just had it happen to me very recently in Denver. And the, a guy came up after the show. He was like a... Very muscly, you know, kind of every jock kind of a guy. Um, absolutely the kind of guy I would have dated <laughs> back in the day. And he was very drunk. He was with his friends. And he was like, I love that show. Man, I laughed my head off. And then I could see him, like, drunk realizing something also. He was like, I laughed my head off. But also, like, I'm a dude and I just felt like really upset that you're taking men down by saying that like you're not into like he went from just like that was very funny to to like having a very personal reaction to something i wasn't saying like i'm not sure what was happening in his head the feeling of rejection that it set off for him whatever was in his head was long before your show yes it was and his friends he was with his bunch of dude friends and they were trying to quiet him down but they weren't really like what they needed to do was stop him uh, like physically stop him because he was starting to come at me and then there was a woman from the club that was with us and she also like women aren't taught to fight dudes like that's not something we're taught so she was just standing there and I swear to god like a team of lesbians came and made like a human wall to protect oh. us from getting hurt but like Rhea has many times had to step up and be that person and put herself in harm between me and somebody else. And the wild thing about that is like in our relationship, she's like this, this like big, strong guy, but she is four inches taller than me. She's like five, eight and she weighs like eight pounds. Like she's so thin. (laughs) So like, it's, we're just small. We're two small women and we're in the world and we're showing up in these places where we get to surprise people and we get to, you know, play a mainstream room in Fort Wayne, Indiana and have people like, give us a standing ovation because they can't believe how relatable it was but then also we're genuinely challenging and it's scary sometimes because we we actually can't fight back i'm a fighter but i can't fight back you know dudes that are jonah's size like it turns out that's not i can't fight guys my size either (laughs) jonah can't fight guys my size Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah so i mean Jonah has a rule, Troyer or lower. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the, I mean, that is just a strange, I mean, that's, 
yeah, it's just not something that I ever have to deal with. I'm trying so hard to not take it in. I am somebody who just today got equal rights. And I am somebody who like, you know, when I came out at my, I went to a college where it was sexual orientation was not uh, covered in the non-discrimination policy. So I could have been kicked out of school for being gay. That's the environment that I came out in. I lied to people about who I was. My closest friend at the time when I came out to her, she didn't talk to me for three weeks because she was worried I was going to go to hell. Like I, my parents cried. I cried. Like I tried to cope using alcohol and food and like bad sex with men that I didn't want to be having and like, you know, getting blackout drunk. Like I, I went through this like crucible of like really being hated and by myself more than maybe anybody else because I felt like I was bringing all this on myself. And so now I feel like that's why it sucks so much because you, because you just want to be like, fuck you. I made it through that. Like I made it. Like I I made it and it's hard every day. Like every day I make the decision to hold my wife's hand, my future wife's hand in a, in a situation where we might get looked at in a shitty way or somebody might say something fucked up to us. And it's every fucking day. I knew I was going to cry. I told you I was going to cry. Right. Yeah, we got you in the last. I also never cry ever. So you did it. Um, like I make that decision every day and it's scary every day. Like it is. And this won't be true in 10 years. In 10 years, this is going to be like a beautiful fossil that we like drill the amber and drill through the amber. And, like, we don't make... want to clone this. Yeah, yeah. no, we're going to make like a beautiful park uh, that people can visit and there'll be like a terrible tragedy. Full of bigoted dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like this isn't going to be forever, but right now this was this experience. Like this experience was terrible. And now I feel like it's still challenging. It's not... I don't know when it's going to not be challenging. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, unfortunately, there's just, you know, there's just some hateful people in the world. And and, and if you can be satisfied with anything, I, maybe this is even the wrong approach. But I just know that, you know, I feel like you've already won. Because you're not going to stop doing comedy. You still have your audience. Those people are still, you're still going to, you know, people are still going to hug you. You're still changing you know, if you even just change one person's life, you would feel vindicated and you've changed scores of people's lives. You know, like this is it should strengthen you. And you also have to know that, you know, a person like that doesn't matter how much they snark back. It doesn't matter how much they attack you or tell people to troll you or try to take away from you. Nothing that person says can change the fact that you know they're unhappy and they and they can try to lie about it and they be like i don't know what you're talking about but you know that they are fucking miserable sad lonely disgusting people that hate themselves and they have to live with that so my question is how do you scale that up then because here's here's why i here's why it affects me because it's not just that guy like, cause I have my, my like block button finger is great because like the number of times that I hear from these people and I know that today this wonderful ruling happened. And then I also read that dissent cause I want to know what are, what are the other viewpoints on this? And like I said, I mean, I come from a religious background where this was something that was really hard to accept for me. Like I get it. I understand that there are challenging things, but it's, it's when it's not one person. Like, that's the thing I bring up that guy. That's just an example. Like I could give, I mean, 
I take screenshots of the stuff that I get that's particularly scary so that I have it for proof. You, you, you know, you, if I'm ever like attacked down the line and I'm not trying to say this to say like I'm some martyr. I'm saying like, this is actually what this is like. And this is actually why this matters. And this is why when somebody says like the government can't give you your dignity. No, but like we're, we need to be protected like, because we are vulnerable because we're just individual people. And for some reason, the actions that I take in my home in a consensual way with another adult are still so threatening, even today, even today. I mean, the fact that, that like you... I had to hear on NPR, you know, people saying, people reading equally the backlash and the positive responses. Yeah. The, like, the fact that you, the fact that you have to, I mean, you're essentially in a lot of ways going through life with fifty pound weights on your ankles, right? So you, unfortunately, you're in kind of this warrior's path, and you just. <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, you know, that's, 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 that's what it is. And it sucks. I mean, it sucks because most people don't have to deal with it. And I, and I'm sure, you know, when civil rights was brewing, there were African-Americans who were like, what am I supposed to do? Every time I walk into town, people look at me weird. And I, mean, I think that still happens today. Of course it still happens today. And so you, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of that should fuel you almost to defy them. And also I would recommend don't go on social media as much. <laughs> I, mean, I, tr- I try. Honestly, I'm don't, telling don't you. go on social media as much. And I don't even have a regular Facebook account. Like this is all stuff that is coming. I mean, really, I'm not looking for this. That's the other thing. Like I'm not, you know, I like the second it pops up, I, I delete it or block it or get it away from me unless it's particularly scary and then I take a picture of it. Just don't for you know, the police. Just, perhaps, just don't, don't be line. don't be consumed but don't be consumed by it because I do think that, you know I think there is sort of a conservation of emotional energy. Like if enough people are negative at you, you're just gonna express that. You know what I mean? Because you, there's only so, you're a fucking human being. There's only so much you can take of people going like, "Hey, hey, fuck you, fuck," and certain thing, like, "I want to fucking murder all of you." You know, it's like the one thousandth person. You know, well, how am I doing it? This is my general question. Besides this conversation today, which is more raw and emotional than I ever am. Do you have a therapist? Well, no. I, I just mean like actually as my outward projection of what's going on. Because yes, I mean I've, therapy and all that stuff. I guess what I mean is like in my in my comedy, do I seem pissed off do i seem like i'm reactionary because that is actually important to me to know is whether or not i'm allowing this to affect my art like that would be the only thing that would be a really huge bummer no to i me. would not describe you as a pissed off comic no right. not at all because no. because that if that ever happens then that is when i feel like i will have lost no you haven't is lost. if maybe i have gotten to the you, point where the art has maybe changed. that's yeah. something you need to go through i mean like watch bill hicks tapes you know like our tapes watch bill hicks videos <laughs> online where he snaps and tells the audience they're fucking cunts because they're stupid and they don't know, you know, because someone heckles him in a dumb way and he's so offended by the fact that someone just heckles him with you suck and his, his it just like snaps him. He's like, you can't come up with something. You know, like, I mean, you know, he, he, he was very angry and passionate in that moment. And that was that I, I don't think you need to worry about whether or not you're being too this or too that. You just need to worry about whether or not you're being authentic. And if you're being authentic... You know, it doesn't matter because people will know it's coming from a real place. So if you're being, if you happen to go through a period where you're angrier on stage than normal, then be angrier on stage. That's who you are. Like, don't let, don't let the world decide whether or not you're too much for them. Like, if, you know, if people, 
want to connect with that, they can connect with it. If not, they can fuck off. Like it's it's not your responsibility is to yourself. So you you be true to who you are, and maybe the next album will be angry, or maybe it'll be sunny, or maybe it'll be. You know, maybe it'll be more about lesbian issues. Maybe it'll be about women issues. Maybe it'll be about human issues. It doesn't matter. It's just whatever you're feeling, you should be doing. You know, like that's that's who you should be as an artist. Not don't worry about that other stuff. I think you should worry about everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, the internet's here to make sure that you can always worry yeah. about everything. The next time, I'm just gonna be all like, "My wife." You know, women. Cam got real soft. No, I, <laughs> I just, I just think as a as a comic, it's always a line that you're writing. I think whoever you are, I think, and this is not to say that I edit myself. I mean, God, I like. I like scream on stage all the time. Uh, but it's more to say just like, I guess it's like, are you actually being authentically you and is paying attention to what, what, you know, the people that are negative, like, is that really your experience, you know, or your experience might just be trying to block those people out. And so I think it's, I'm still at that zone. My you know, whole thing I'm, is it will, will any of anything they say, stop you from doing the stuff you've already been doing. It's and if it's if the answer is no, then they don't matter. Then all of a sudden the power goes away from anything anyone says because it's not going to make a difference. It's like I'm walking in this direction. If someone says like you know fuck you, you're not walking the right you know like your walk is weird. I go still walking this way. It's not going to stop anything. So if you just kind of continue on with what you're doing, their power uh, goes away. It's like when Batman shakes off Scarecrow's fear toxin. You can't scare Batman. Ask Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally the superheroes one. I swear. Oh, you do. Okay. I'm the superheroes one. That's the difference. That She's and musicals. Beam. I got those yeah. unlocked. Uh, well, um, your current album is called Same, Se- Same Sex Symbol on K Records. Kill Rockstars Records. And people should buy it and review it favorably. <laughs> and, uh, and also, you're on the stand-up cluster, which we're posting soon too. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, to yeah. Be on the stand-up and cluster. the season premiere of the meltdown. I will also be on the meltdown. This is a don't forget to call oh, your dad. Wonderful. Yeah. Tell Tuesday. Him dad tell him Tuesday. Shut up, Matt. She's about to compliment the yeah. podcast. Oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I want a picture of that face. I don't have my phone. Can someone? <laughs> I'm trying to hold it. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Oh my god, it's beautiful! Like, yeah, that's, yeah, I love it. Just, just gotta caption it. Someone telling me something nice about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do. That. Yeah, yeah. We're not affected by yeah. external praise Sounds or negativity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it looks so genuine. It's like, it's like. Hey, oh, it time. is. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's real. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is great. I mean, what do? I can't believe I get to do this for a job. Isn't that yeah. awesome? I mean, and that's the other side of it, too, is that, yeah, there's there's forces out there that are trying to bring you down because you threaten whatever sort of, you know, small-minded thinking they have or whatever whatever they feel inadequate about. But on the flip side, you're with a, you're with a woman you love. You're both funny. You both get to tour. You get to make albums. You get to come on podcasts. You get to go on TV shows. I mean, you, you know, I mean, from that perspective your life's amazing and you're successful. Like, you know, do you, do you have to do anything you don't want to do? The answer is probably no. Do you get to do the stuff you want to do? Yeah. Well then you're, you win already. Like it's not, I was just saying the really, so the wild thing right now is that 
uh, I get to do stand up for a living and I also get to get married this year. Like these are two things that I never thought would be possible for me. I mean, I, you always start and you think like, maybe I'll get to do this, but you're also not really aware of like, you'll get to do it on a national level. Like you'll get to be on TV, you'll work hard enough and you'll hone your acting enough and you'll be good enough. Like that's amazing. All of these things were not always possible for me, so I'm so jazzed to be here. We yeah. did it, guys. We did it. We Big question, though. Mm. Is Murph the Durf going to be a part of the wedding ceremony? <laughs> he's, so, <laughs> he's so animated all the time. We thought about bringing him to the wedding, but we realized he would have a heart attack the and more die. Problems than it's yeah, he yeah, would yeah. be the poor little guy. <laughs> <laughs> he barks at each individual person, so I'm sure he would have a great time yeah. at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about you. Like just going through, greeting everybody. Give him a radio show. He's great. Yeah, you'll love him. Uh, he's the best. But you guys, this is a wonderful day to be doing this. Holy shit! I'm, what I'm, a day. Yeah, we perfect. Really scheduled that well. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it works out. Good job, America. We weren't posting this today. I didn't. Uh, we didn't have that much foresight. That's okay. Don't worry. But at least we we still got to. This date, Friday, June 26th, 2015. Was the day we recorded this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we adore you, and please let us know if we can do anything to help or anything you need. Oh, guys, you already did it. Great. We had the greatest talk. Okay. Good. And it was like an emotionally vulnerable talk with like some good laughs. There were some decent laughs, but more we had so some good laughs. human being talk. Human being talk, riffs, bits, emotional uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exposure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of exposure. Of exposure. Yeah. Exposure. So, uh, everyone, uh, enjoy your rainbow burrito. (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts